Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. International News Review. In the studio with Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor, McClarty Associates. Steve, welcome and great to have you back. As always, let's uh, talk U.S. politics. Uh, we had the Democratic debate this week. We had a couple of uh, people notably pull out of the race this week. How did it uh, how was how was the week for Democrats or potential Democratic candidates for president? Well, now it's getting real for the Democrats. We're two weeks away from actual voters voting, which is about time after this year plus of of campaigning. Mm. And so you see the battle lines really being drawn. Right? If you think of the Democratic primary, it's not one primary; it's two primaries. Mm. It's the left is battling it out for who's going to come out on top, and then the center is battling out for who's going to come out on top. And we saw that with the Warren Sanders feud going front and center this week. Yeah, they had their feud about uh, a back and forth as to whether or not Bernie said, you know, Elizabeth could be a president or whatever. <laughs> what a huge distraction that was this week, and you know, that's exactly the kind of thing that Democrats, if they want to get serious about running a decent campaign, have got to stay away from. Well, look, Warren and Sanders had to battle it out between the two of them to figure out who is it that's going to take on Biden or whoever comes out of the center lane. And they are good friends. Their policy positions are not that far apart. So Warren, who is falling behind Sanders, needed an issue to take him on. Look, whether a woman could win a general election as president, that is a good fight for Warren to pick, a terrible one for Sanders to have. <laughs> so it was not, I mean, it, it's, it's not an unexpected or bad thing to see this play out, so long as it plays out now and ends when one of the two of them moves forward. We were seeing the lack of diversity and age age-versity <laughs> on, the, uh, on the stage. As it turned out, when we saw the debate actually unfold, uh, is that going to hurt the Democrats in going into Iowa? Are, is there going to be uh, any kind of malaise or people just saying, Ugh, I give up, with the exception of, of Buttigieg? I mean, everybody else is a septuagenarian, pretty much, or an octogenarian. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, <laughs> I, you know, an octogenarian. this year is different, um, and I'm you know corresponding with people, my friends who are on the ground canvassing in Iowa or looking to report on what's happening from Iowa, and what strikes them is that there's unanimity in the party about how Trump has to get beat. And so it really doesn't matter this time what battles you're going to see because the party is going to come together to take on Trump because that's where the party is is just so much aligned in how much they want him out. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, Yang is part of this process, and his wife came out with a statement about how she had been sexually assaulted by her gynecologist. Stories like that, when they come up at this time, I can't help but be a little bit cynical as to why they surface when they surface. And it's not to take anything away from the seriousness of the topic. But on your years of watching political campaigns, when we see things like the Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren scuffle come up or different uh, announcements by different candidates, do you get a sense or is it your understanding that these are sort of planned in terms of when they're released for optimal effect, you know, for their campaigns or against somebody else's campaign? I mean, it, it, it depends on the situation. You know, in the Elizabeth Warren situation, this was a, a, a conversation that had happened, you know, a long time ago. But when, when Sanders had said to Warren, 
I don't think a woman can win the general election. Mm. And did she sit on that while she was being the front runner over Sanders? Possibly. Did she see this as a legitimate avenue for discussion? Possibly. Um, and so there might have been some political calculation that went into that. But it was a real legitimate question. It's a real legitimate debate. Will the Democrats nominate a woman? Um, and so it is political, but it's a, a legitimate debate whether or not candidates wife feels now is the time to come forward because it's going to maximize not necessarily his chances to win because he really doesn't have a chance to win. But now that she has the biggest platform she will ever have to to bring a, a criminal to justice, if that's what happened, and to highlight the issue, why not take advantage of it? Interesting. A new poll came out this week uh, talking about the ranking of, of potential Democratic candidates now and where they might be in terms of the Democratic nominee. Any surprises on that for you? Take us through what those numbers look like. Well, remember, you, you, so you, you have the three main candidate pools right mm-hmm. now. You have you know, Sanders versus Warren, and Sanders is way on top right now of her. So you have to look at that one. And then you have the middle ground, which is Biden and Buttigieg and Klobuchar. And Biden's the clear winner then. And then you have Bloomberg. Aaron on the outside. And Bloomberg's path to the nomination is one of two. It is that Sanders takes the lead over Biden, or Warren takes the lead over Biden and the other moderates, and mm-hmm. that the party says, that that left wing can't beat Trump, we got to have Bloomberg. Or that it's a total muddle and Bloomberg can pick up the pieces when the big days come in, like Super Tuesday, when there's multiple candidates. So right now, the top three in terms of where the you know betters see the best odds of being the Democratic nominee, Biden is one, Sanders is two, and Bloomberg is three, which says much more about Warren than it says about Bloomberg. And it says much more about Buttigieg and Klobuchar as well. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren came out and in one report I saw accused Michael Bloomberg of trying to buy the election because the... the whole idea came up about how much money he has and all that. Did that does that work for people to, to talk about that in this environment where you've got a billionaire who's the president and you've got a billionaire who's maybe running for president? Does anyone care about money anymore? Because everybody knows it takes money to win an election. Well, I think they care uh, to the extent that you have somebody from outside the party, from outside the process, who has you know, who, who legitimately made billions and billions of dollars and says, I am going to use this money to be president. That really goes against the grain of anybody can be president, right? Because now you it's only billionaires who can be president. So that argument could resonate. But it's not going to resonate now because Warren isn't running against Bloomberg now. She's running mm. against Sanders. Mm. And so it isn't going to help her now. It's not going to help her in the future, frankly. It might help if you get a Biden versus Bloomberg uh, type of dynamic or a Sanders versus Bloomberg after Biden falls out. But right now, Warren is struggling. Let's see if this battle between her and Sanders can lift her up over Sanders. You know, for better or for worse, not anyone can run for president. You know, it takes up somebody who's either rich or somebody who can tap into deep pockets, which, of course, then they're going to be beholden to people for special favors. You know, Elizabeth Warren, uh, all these guys have raised tens and tens of millions of dollars to run for their campaign. Isn't it a bit disingenuous to bring up the money card when it comes to uh, running for president? Because everybody knows, uh, in my personal opinion, sadly, that it's a money game. You know, those who have the most money have the best chance of getting the most ads and the, and the most travel around the country to meet people and all that. 
Look, there's no question you need money to win, you know, and I don't know, GVZ, if you remember, right, back uh, when Phil Graham was trying to get the, the Republican nomination and he said, I have the most important thing, cash on hand. Mm. Well, he didn't get it because he was a terrible candidate. <laughs> right? So money is going to take you yeah, so far, yeah. but you have to have the charisma to get people to vote for you. You have to have the policies that people like, and you have to be running against a candidate that you're better than because an election is not a referendum on a candidate. It is a choice between two candidates, and that is who is going to get the Democratic nomination, and that's who's going to beat Trump. Speaking of the president, he announced uh, he's filling filling out his legal team. The impeachment trial will start in earnest this coming week. Alan Dershowitz will be there. Kenneth Starr, the former prosecutor for uh, against Clinton and the Clinton impeachment, which has kind of raised a new level of bizarreness in in this whole impeachment uh, tale. And then, of course, the White House counsel and his personal lawyer uh, will be will be part of that team. Heavy hitters coming in. Will that make a difference? Uh, I mean, already no one is really expecting it to go very far in the Senate anyway, based on the fact that the Senate is is controlled by the Republican Party. But what does that say that he's bringing in all these big names? Is it kind of a you know, a sledgehammer type uh, approach to uh, to his impeachment trial. Well, it, it shows that the way to get the president's attention and to get onto his legal team is to be appearing on Fox News, right? Because <laughs> that is where, you know, Dershowitz and Starr have had hundreds, I think, of appearances on Fox News, and they end up on the legal team. I mean, almost everybody believes there is little to no chance that Trump is going to be removed from office by conviction of two-thirds of the Senate. Mm. But what's the real unknown now is, are there going to be witnesses? Will there be four Republican senators who will vote with the Democrats to require witnesses? And if John Bolton, who is to testify, who is a very conservative, long-term Republican, if he comes in and says Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani were abusing the power of the presidency for their personal gain of Donald Trump, that could hurt Trump in the election. I don't think it's going to get Trump removed from office, but the impeachment hearing could have an impact on the election especially if Bolton testifies. This guy, Lev Parnas, uh, one of Giuliani's friends, uh, came out this week with some some very, very damaging uh, interviews about how the president and Giuliani, everybody knew absolutely everything that was going on in the quid pro quo. Uh, The president directed it. He was informed of it, uh, approved it. Does that make a difference uh, from what your perspective? You know, it's another kind of he said, he said, he said, uh, story in in a story of many of those. Well, it's not going to damage Donald Trump with the Republican voters because he has kept a near 90 percent approval rating with his base and they aren't going to leave him. Will it sway four senators? Will it sway Mitt Romney? Will it sway you know Lisa Murkowski from Alaska? Will it sway Lamar Alexander from Tennessee? Uh, will it sway another one or two senators who will say, this is really troubling to me. We need to have a real trial because I took an oath as an impartial juror, and I want to hear from witnesses like John Bolton about what was happening in the White House. Maybe they call Parnas, maybe they don't. He is going to have a lot less credibility given that he's, you know, an indicted uh, potential criminal. 
But he was a firsthand witness. And so it's important to hear from him, much more important to hear from from Bolton and maybe Mulvaney, the, the acting chief of staff. So it could be important. But it, it, in terms of the, the impeachment trial, in terms of how independents view Trump, his base isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, February 3rd is the Iowa caucuses. Uh, just a few words on, first of all, why that's important and what we should look for in this next week and, and leading up to the caucus. Well, Iowa will most likely help us narrow the field even more. You had mentioned you know, that Cory Booker had dropped out. If Amy Klobuchar, who is a Midwestern senator whose whole campaign is I can win the Midwest, if she doesn't do extremely well in Iowa, she is going to probably drop out. Pete Buttigieg has to do really well in Iowa. I mean, he appeals, you know, especially to liberals, to white voters. Iowa is one of the whitest states in the country. If he can't do well in Iowa, he's going to have to drop out. So if Sanders crushes Warren, she's going to have a tough time. She'll she'll go on to New Hampshire, the next primary, because that's next to her state. So I think this is going to winnow the field more. We're not going to know, oh, it's going to be Biden for sure or Warren or Sanders for sure. But it's going to narrow it down a little bit more as we head into New New Hampshire, which is eight days later. Steve Oaken, as always, thanks so much for putting it all into perspective for us on our international news review. And uh, thanks for being on today. GVZ, my pleasure. <laughs> to listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.